Shalom Aleyham. Peace upon you. Peace and health upon all listening. Shalom to the elect scattered abroad and the strangers who are attached by Ha Semach, which is the branch, in whom we believe and declare to the esteem of our Father Yahuwah. Ha Semach, who is our sovereign and master, Yahusha Hamashiach, the Messiah, the Word made flesh, the Son of Elohim. Welcome to Bread and Wine. Oh yeah, or it's just the first century. I was like, so the different divisions, the different ideas and understandings, and the way we practice or observe uh, laws, it's not new. This has been going on uh, for the last two thousand years at least. Um, there's books like on early Christianity and early Judaism uh, that talks about the different sects. That's why I say it's never just Judaism or Christianity. It's Judaisms and it's Christianities. And, but but the Jewish people have never now when I say Jewish people um, I'm talking about I'm talking about like the the original or the actual Hebrews or whether you want to say Hebrews or Jews but the they've never been yeah, say Yahudi. yeah Yahudi. they've uh, they've uh, they've never been uh, a monolith of of ideology of belief uh, even if you read uh, John chapter seven like uh when the messiah came they were so split they were so split and uh and their understanding of uh of uh, who this of who this man was they were going back and forth they some some thought he was elijah some thought he was a prophet some thought he was the messiah some were just confused and were just unsure so there's 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 always been sex and that's why i say uh there's never going to be a oneness of the people until until the language is restored, until the land is restored, uh, until uh, until until his return comes. Even uh, understanding what his name is is never going to be a widespread thing until until he comes back, because everybody has access to different information. Uh, we all read different information, different perspectives. Yeah, different perspectives. Even if we read some of the same things, we're understanding it differently. With, yeah, a different perspective on it. So it's just not going to happen. So best thing we can do is is talk about like it's like anytime we're talking, all we can say is this is this this is how I'm understanding or this is what I believe at this time based upon everything I know and understand. Like this is where I'm at right now, and then y'all have to you know trade coins and and see 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 if y'all can find some likeness. Yeah. Now, I do think, because I remember I was listening to somebody one time, and I do think that there does need to be still some sort of uh, standard just on certain things, just to make it, like like the conversation I'll, I'll have with some people, every time the new year comes around, you see Hebrews everywhere, January ain't the new year, this isn't the real new year, right? So if somebody listens to them and decides, hey, when is the new year? They're going to get 50 different answers. Right. You see how confusing that is? You see how confusing yeah. that? Okay, I see what you're saying with that. So my question would be, uh, what are the things that need to be pretty much set in stone when it comes to 
what we believe in. And, you know, like we just said, it's going to be different sects. It's going to be different opinions and viewpoints or whatever. But it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be some things that we need, that needs to be for sure, you know what I'm saying, written on stone tablets. So it's like, what would you, what would you feel like that should be? I think uh, I'll tell you my opinion or my uh, conviction of what I think, like, the base agreement should be is that we need to uh, um, practice the law. We need to do the feast days. Now, I'm not talking about timing of when you do it or even how you practice all of the laws, but there needs to be an agreement that we need to do it. We need to believe that the Messiah has came, how you pronounce his name. I don't think that's as important. The but but the grace. I'm, I mean, crap, not grace, but uh, dang it. Yeah, uh, I think the common thing is we have to agree who he was, why he came, what he did, what is he going to do with his return. Like, so I think we need to have an agreement on uh his function. Uh, mm-hmm, right. So like uh uh Yom Kippur is like a big difference some say we're supposed to fast i'm like hey i don't care if you fast or not but if you're if you understand that you have to keep this day if you don't want to bathe if you don't want to eat if that's how you afflict uh, yourself and that's how you understand i'm like okay cool because that's still a form of righteousness is it perfected or is it complete maybe not but if that's where your conviction lies because the conviction started with, I need to observe this day. But this is how I'm going to observe this day. Um, right. I think there needs to be I a general consensus. I think there needs to be a general consensus on uh, um, who the people are. Um, That's the only thing we all agree on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. No, I don't think I don't think that's a full agreement either, though. Because well, you know a lot of people still stand stand down stand ten toes down on that chart. That <laughs> Let me take that back. And also also I've yeah. um I've uh I think I've seen this. Um <clears throat> this one guy he uh I know I was there at one point in time seeing it the four hundred year the whole entire thing. But I think like he even went to Deuteronomy twenty eight and he was kinda like Showing where in scripture was some of those curses were fulfilled in scripture rather than um, to a certain Today. people, to a yeah. certain people that we can that we can see. Um, but I have to kind of go back to it. That's kind of like what came off when when I'm when I was listening to it. I didn't listen to the whole thing, but I'm listening to it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like okay, well, what about this? Because he said specifically, in terms of Deuteronomy twenty eight and sixty eight. We're going to go back and shift to Egypt. He specifically said that was not the transatlantic slave trade. Specifically said that part. Oh, I know people that have said that, that are, that are Hebrews, that are Israelites, that have said that's not talking about slave trade. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, because it's not. You know, I, I think one of the things, well, it depends on how you look at it, though. It really depends on how you look at it. This is why I, I think it's kind of important that we kind of understand, uh, at least in my opinion, the way, the different ways that scripture can be interpreted and how a lot of times single verses can have multiple interpretations and all of them are literally correct, right? Right. 
So a perfect example of that is where you talk about like the unclean foods. Most Hebrews, when you ask them, why is the food unclean? They'll tell you it has to do with health, right? And that's correct. That is right. The foods that are unclean are unhealthy for human consumption. But the text doesn't say that. What the text says is, you shall be set apart, Kodesh, holy, for I am set apart, holy. If you notice, all the unclean foods are foods that you can't sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Right? So because he couldn't, he couldn't be, those foods cannot be sacrificed to him. He's set apart. He's made us set apart, so we can't eat them either. That is also correct. Now, the foods that are clean, the way they digest their food, it, it allows us to get nutrients that we couldn't get from certain, like we can't go out and eat grass, but grass has nutrients that we need. Lambs can eat the grass. That's true. It's also true that it has a ceremonial. And then you can get deeper into that. You can say, well, it's because the animal represents this. And, you know, it's trying to show you that if you hang around this type of, if you consume this type of thing, it'll make you unclean. All that is correct. Right. That's why like you hear me a lot of times uh, go about the different levels of interpreting scripture. You know, Peshat, Resh, uh, the Resh sold. I do that because a lot of times scripture does have more than one way it can be interpreted and all those ways can be correct. So when somebody says Deuteronomy 2868 is not talking about the slave trade, depending on how you're looking at it, yeah, you're right. But then depending on how somebody else might be looking at it, depending on the level of interpretation they're going to and how they're looking at that, it could be talking about slavery. Because Egypt is basically a representation of bondage. Or slavery. Yeah. That's what because that what was understood at that time going through uh what they what they were going through. Um also one thing I think that we should also be uh, like unified, like a unified front on that we all should understand. Like you did say uh Nasar, um the the instructions, the Torah and understanding um <clears throat> and believing. Um, in Mashiach, Yahusha. Also for like Isaiah 51, it says, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, seek Yahuwah. Look to the rock where you, where you are hewn from into the hole of the pit where you are dug from. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, your mother, who bore you. For he was alone when I called him, and I blessed him and increased him. For Yahuwah shall comfort Zion, he shall comfort all her waste places, for he shall make the wilderness like Adon or Eden, and her desert like the garden of Yahuwah. Joy and gladness are found in it, thanksgiving in the voice of the song. Listen to me, my people, and hear me, O my nation, for the Torah goes forth from me, and my right ruling has set has set a light to the people. Um, then it talks about, listen to me, that's verse 7, who know righteousness, my people, whose heart is my Torah. Do not fear the reproach of men, nor be afraid of their revilings. So like, one thing, like even I was talking to, uh, I was talking to one dude uh, other day, like even concerning, like the Barit Kadashah and the Tan- and the Tanakh from when our forefathers coming out of Egypt, they and even concerning like some of the uh, Pharisee sects and even some of the split sects that was in the first century, they understood Torah, they did Torah, but did not have a love for Torah, and. 
this is one of the reasons for Mashiach, because the new covenant that he's going to make with his people, that the Torah is going to be written on the tablets of their heart, which means we are going to love his ways and love his ordinances just as Abraham did. So that's one thing that we have to understand in terms of being true worshipers in spirit and in truth, and understanding this, this love for his instruction, this love for his ways, because you got some people that do say, yeah, we got to repent. We got to go back to the laws, but they don't really have a love for the law. They use the law as a way to condemn people, as a way to judge people, um, rather than trying to help someone to get back up uh, that has fallen. Um, and as, as a set of commands, it is a set of commands, but they look at it as just that. It's like a checklist. We got to do this. Yeah. Do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even more so, use it as a weapon. Use it as a yeah. weapon. Like a weapon of condemnation, um, so that's like what I'm what I'm getting towards because like you're using you're using this trying to say that it's a it's a way of life, but using it as a tool to condemn rather than a tool to correct and instruct and to help and to uplift. Um, so like that's that's one thing I was talking. I, I, the one thing that I had a conversation with them with them uh with the homies down in uh, North Carolina, and I had a conversation with Odoo at work is that we have to look what Abraham was doing and how Abraham, what his character is. We have to have the same character as Abraham. We have to have this, this compassion, this love um, that, uh, that he had for the Father's word, for the Father's instruction. That's how we, one reason we really have to be unified on that, because even when I told him, I said Abraham was circumcised of the heart prior to be circumcised of the flesh. So like, That's uh, it's funny that you said that, because... What needs to be unified on is the requirements of for, the requirements for salvation, and from my understanding, that would be having the word of Allah in your heart, like Yahuka said, just mentioned, with having it mixed with your belief. You know, what I'm saying not only having to rise in the letter, but having it in your heart as well. Uh, believe and be immersed. And Mark sixteen sixteen, so Yahusha had instructed them to do. You got to endure to the end, of course, and you got to have Yahushua HaMashiach. You got to believe in him as well, because we know nobody gets to the Father except through him. But I know some people don't agree on immersion, and they'll, they'll teach that you don't have to, that's not a requirement for salvation. From my understanding, and what I've read, I, I, I see that it is, but, you know what I'm saying, at the end of the day, what is required for salvation should be a unified front and just walk so that everybody can know what to do before that dreadful day comes, basically. I think everything we said, I think uh, well, I, I would liken that to a a level one uh, agreement, um, a big one, which uh, Yahoo has said, has said was having the character of uh, um, Abraham, because maybe I remember when it says that the true, the true uh, seed um, of Abraham, like everyone who says they're uh, a Yahudi is not a Yahudi. Um, but then I would also add to that if we have the character of the of uh Abraham, then that should also reflect in how we relate to other people. So 
I think another base agreement would be maybe this would be going into level 1.5, but understanding that uh, many people can come in if they truly desire. And then I would say, and then I would go a little higher and say maybe level two uh, base agreement would be uh, understanding Genesis 6, 1 through 4. Because that, cause that causes uh, a lot of division. Understanding who uh, uh, B'nai Elohim is, I think I think that would be a level two agreement that we would have to have. Like, were they flesh or were they spirit? So, I, what I'm hearing is the primary things that need to be agreed upon is things that involve salvation, salvatic issues, and foundational issues, foundational doctrines. Yeah. Which I definitely, I think the only thing that there's only, there's, only, there's only three things I think we all just need to agree, find some kind of common ground. Salvatic issues. Well, my question doc, to not sorry would be. Oh, go ahead. My bad. I said my question to not sorry would be, uh, where? Because I I agree with you though, but I I would say where do you feel like the misunderstanding of Genesis six would cause a a, a great division in the, in everything? For that to be like a, a mandatory understanding, I should say. Because it affects your understanding of uh, salvation. Because one picture of looking at, let's say, Acts chapter 2 is the reversal, um, is the reversal mm-hmm. of uh, Babylon. There was one language and then it split into many. But Acts 2, there was many languages, but there was an understanding. Uh, everybody could underst- understand each other. And then to understand, to really understand, like, like the bad forces, the spiritual and the wicked forces, you got to understand Genesis 6, 1 through 4, and Deuteronomy 32, think verses 8 through 9, uh, like, because it'll open up, like, uh, what uh, Mount Hermon is, like, why did uh, uh, Hamashiach say, um, it's, it's like he started, like, because he started his ministry from Mount Hermon, but uh, having a deeper understanding how that relates to the giants as the offspring of the uh, as the uh, as the uh, as the sons of yeah yeah the uh, uh, yeah the washers the, the washers and the nephilim and the giants yeah, and, the and all yeah. that because all of this gives us pictures and understanding of like when the text talks about other um, Elohim or the mighty ones so I say that's level two because it's gonna affect how you understand I guess how the how the uh, how the metaph- how the metaphysical the spiritual world is really affecting. I tell right. you, like, like the, it, the it really changes. Enemy. Yeah, it really tells you who the enemy is, and it, it's it's going to affect uh, mm-hmm. how we do and handle our fleshly affairs because we're going to un- understand how downfall it became because of what happened, like at the spiritual level. So that's why I I, I would say that's the next level and why I believe that's important. Definitely All right, well, I'm a, um, you, I'm a I'm a land back on what you're saying in terms of like a level one thing, and actually uh. Um, so, like, in terms of salvation and in terms of, um, first and foremost, sin and death, when was sin and death introduced? Because of Adam. Now, who is privy to sin and death? Everybody on the face of this world. Everybody. There is not a single person um, right now that's living that is not attributed to sin and death. 
So in terms of salvation, you know, we talked about that salvation um, is being one of one one aspect of salvation is being uh, not only delivered from your enemies, but being delivered from death, the penalty of sin, the wages of sin. So if that was given, if that was allotted to Adam because he was uh was the first was the first one and because of him sin and death came into play then what it what does it say if this is to one man sin and death was entered into another man uh life was given eternally so it's it's basically show you in terms of like the what they say like the two the two adams uh how mashiach is basically the second adam in terms of how we're looking at uh um what it was given to what one the first adam did in terms of how it affected all mankind and how the the second Adam, what he did and how it affected all of mankind, which is Mashiach. So that's how I would uh, introduce in terms of how salvation is allotted to um, those that believe um, and those that will obey. So how it can be branched out for others as well, because sin and death affected everybody. So therefore, life can affect everybody as well. Yeah, so I think in regards to that, it would also have to be agreed upon what the purpose of Israel is, right? Because when when you are approached with that kind of mindset, which I'm not saying is wrong, but when you're approaching that mindset and you don't have good understanding, then you could ask the question, what's the point of him creating Israel and why is Israel so special today, right? So... Yeah. So when I'm when I'm thinking about things that we should be agreeing upon, again, I'm I'm coming up, coming at it from the from perspective of somebody who is new in this walk. That if I came into this walk, and and I don't even have to really come at that perspective. I can just go back to when I was new in the walk. I heard so many different doctrines; it was confusing. And I know for a fact that a lot of people come into this walk and they feel the same way. They come in this walk and it's confusing because there's just so many different doctrines out here, so many different beliefs, and they contradict each other and they all can't be true. So the things that are salvific, the things that are foundational, and the things that are necessary for us to operate with one another, those are the things that I believe we need to agree upon. So that way, when somebody comes in who's new, they know exactly what to do, how to do it. It's almost like uh, when I back when I was in karate school. When you came in, you you could see what everybody was doing. Everybody punched the same. Everybody kicked the same. Now, how they put that thing together in an actual fight, different from person to person. But the foundational stuff was the same. That's why I think, and I also believe that's part of why we lose so many people so too, because people come in here and they get confused because they get overwhelmed. They're like, it's just too much. I got to go. Or they commit to something, then they realize that something was wrong. And instead of just changing lanes, they say, all right, this is too much. So I, I do think we, those are the three things we really need to focus on. Foundational, salvitic, things that's necessary for us to operate. I totally agree with what you said uh, with the, uh, the martial arts school thing. And that's, and that's our problem. We don't have one school. Mm-hmm. We don't have a body or like a panel of elders leaders teachers there's different teachers everywhere in different locations and different nations uh different uh online teachers there are some people that they're not even let's say teachers or so but they're 
I guess, spreading information right or wrong. But yeah, yeah, we don't have a single school. It's like there was like like uh there's like uh a school that a Jews go to is called uh uh yeshiva. There was like a a fair cycle uh traditional school. There was a rabbinical school. So there was school prophets. Yeah, but we don't have that. So we're gonna have a lot of different things. But um <clears throat> what you said about how we relate and treat one another. Um, and y'all can, I would like to hear y'all thoughts and whether y'all agree or disagree, but I think another foundational thing we must agree upon is the role of the family structure. What yes. is man and woman supposed to do? Why were they made? How are they supposed to relate to one another? And children, how is a child supposed to relate to their parents um, and within a community? I think that's uh, another thing we must agree on. What's the man of man, woman, and children? Because this affects how we all treat one another. I think that's another uh, important thing. I agree with that 100%. Um, because it'll because keep, us, it'll keep yeah. us from mistreating one another based on their gender or if they're a child or they're an adult or how you supposed to treat your elders. Yeah, yeah, that goes back to the community. You know what I'm saying? That building, like, building the... It's, it's going to start, like, you know what I'm saying? When we know when everybody get that, finally do start coming together, it's going to be a domino effect, you know what I'm saying? But it, like you said, it, that starts with like in the house, just simply as a man, woman, and child, you know. So if that ain't straight from the jump, it's gonna be you gonna have issues with every other aspect anyway. So yeah. definitely the um I know for our generation it's that that man and woman dynamic. Um that right there gotta get they gotta get in order. Yeah. Yeah, and one thing I will say I've noticed and I these are just things I've noticed, I'm picking up. Uh, I've seen some Israelites that are very much on one end of the spectrum, and they're very egalitarian, uh, which is basically cold for, in many cases, the woman runs the house. Um, or, you know, they are just outright, you know, she just kind of does her own thing, and he just kind of does his own thing. But then you have other groups that are on the polar opposite end of the spectrum, and the man is just a dictator, and the woman can't do anything. And, you know, so... I, I that definitely is something we need to have established as listen this is the role of the man this is the role of the woman this is the um this is how we do things this is how you're supposed to treat your wife this is your responsibility this is your responsibility as the wife this is how you treat your husband children this is how you treat your children this is how we should raise our children those things should definitely be structured um in some sort of way just just to make sure that we're not doing our own thing, going out all crazy. Now you got men out here stepping on women and you got women out here cussing, you know, getting in dudes' faces in and in, in front of Israelites. Like it's it's there has to be some more order to these things. Um so that would be something I think we all need to agree on. And while we're on that topic, I'ma just go ahead and, and just say it. Not because I'm I'm because I'm trying to cause any controversy, but just because it needs to be said. Um, we want to agree that if a man so chooses to expand his family by taking on another wife, um, that he has that right. Now, if an assembly says we don't want them doing that here, they can voice that. But at the end of the day, we need to understand it is not against Torah. So if a man does so choose to, you can't say he's in sin and condemn him for that. I, 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 I hear you with that. But if he's doing it like 
I, that's what I'm about to say. I hear you with that, but I feel like just the, at the at the foundation of everything, those things are there. You don't need to be, be cutting out again. Doing that. Oh, my bad. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. I was, that's what I was saying. Uh, if, like speaking of earlier, if those foundational things aren't set, he mm-hmm. shouldn't even be cons- considering any of it. What, what you just said, like a, a second woman, shouldn't even be even saying any spectrum of things till you get. And I agree with you. You cut that. out. You, you cutting out again, I keep. Yeah. Well, he basically said. <laughs> It basically said if the foundational things are not laid out, he shouldn't be thinking about that. And I agree with him on that 100%. That's really um, true. Yeah. The only reason why I really was mentioning it is because that, that is not a controversial, that is not one of the most controversial things um, in all, in pretty much the whole Israel like, community. Um, just at random, you'll see somebody, hear somebody talk about it, see a post on it at random. So, um, oh, honesty it has nothing to do with salvation either. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. But it does have something to do with how we relate. Because if a, if a man is choosing to do it, and then all of a sudden he's being kicked out of an assembly, or he's being told, you know, he's a, a in sin. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I have had teachers tell me that a man is wrong. He is he is <laughs> sinning if he is doing that, and. That's very dangerous when you're calling something sin and it's not because you're placing uh, a, a burden on someone that they shouldn't even have. And that can really mess them up. Yeah. And from what I've seen and, and, and studied, it was fairly common, honestly. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's that westernized view that we have now that make it such so so taboo. But back then, it was pretty common to have more than one wife. Man, the Mormons do yeah. it. It was the norm. But, um, yeah, so we're talking about family. Um, so here, here's one. What do y'all think about how some Israelites teach how we deal with people outside of the wall? Because you, you do have differing opinions on that as well. Um. Uh, before, Abraham, well, Abraham, before that question get and, that, and that's we, me and me and Yahuka said spoke on that yesterday. But what I will say, it's it's a lot of different views on that. You got some that okay, they come in and be just like us or just like you know what I'm saying, uh, natural born Israel. Then you got okay, yeah, they can come in, but they got uh, a little. They they still disqualified from a few things, a few roles they can play. Then you got, oh yeah, they gonna come in, but they gonna be slaves. And then you got, oh, they they, they can't even come in at all. So it's 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 pretty vast with the with the out with the uh, aspects of that whole ideology, honestly. Yeah. I go back to Abraham. How did Abraham? How did Abraham treat them people? He treated them people with respect, with honor. And they gave to him because because of what uh, of what he showed towards Yahuwah, towards others, and other people. Other people recognized him as a uh, as a man of Elohim. So, my um, oh, okay. my bad. Oh, uh, 
my go-to of how we relate. So when you say outsiders, you mean non-Israel? Uh, yeah. Blood, non-blood Israel? I they're Israelites. They're not practicing. So you're talking about Israelites not practicing. Israelite or not Israelite. Okay, okay. So for the one uh for the one who is uh who is non Israelite and not practicing, I I like uh Acts eight uh was it twenty six and twenty seven uh twenty seven when uh Philippe went on the way on um 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 on his road under the instruction of uh of a messenger and he came across the Ethiopian um and he opened up the scriptures to him to understand mm-hmm. so so how I understand so okay how my understanding on that is I'm doing my walk but as I come across and I meet those who are curious they want to know they ask me or I have a moment to speak about them to to you know to give them a couple of seats that that right there is how I would relate to the outsider um how I would relate to the one not practicing so I'm sorry the Israelite not practicing is the way that the twelve were sent out and they went to their scattered brothers. They actually went to uh, them, and this is the pattern I'm saying in scripture. So the ones who were sent out, they went to their brothers, but along the way, they met non-Israelites, or non-Israelites were mixed in or living amongst their scattered brothers. So they called it secondhand. So that's how I understand uh, relating to Israelites outside the wall and non-Israelites outside the wall. The direction is to your brother. But if you call somebody along the way, or they come to you, bring them on in. That's what I was the first, going. But they're not the first priority because you have to build the house first. Right. I was going then you got to get your lawn scaping right. With Acts 8, because Philip went to him when he saw that he was reading. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the, he, he didn't. Now, and, and, on, and just to compound with that again, when... We got to look at stuff kind of like in a realistic sense, too. I know uh, what's written is written and, you know what I'm saying, it won't return void. But we got to realize, you know what I'm saying, when he says, because, well, you know, a lot of people like to, I'm not going to, I don't like naming names. So a lot of people like to focus in, okay, yeah, we're gonna they're going to be forced to do certain things. I don't believe the ones that will be, that will be on their backs flying back to the land are going to be the ones that's forced to do these things. I believe those are the ones that's going to be like, oh, yeah, we try to be with, you know what I'm saying, we see that their Elohim is righteous, that their Torah is the right way, so we're going to assist these people out. It's, so it's, to, it's basically like you got you to gotta make you got to make friends in this in, in this thing, in a sense, I, I should say. You know, like you can't you can't be out here excluding everybody and then to think that it's just going to snap at the snap of a finger everybody going to saddle up and just you know what I'm saying do everything that you want them to do right then and there it's, it's, it's not going to work like that I, like you just said it's building the house so you start with you start with natural born or you know what I'm saying somebody you know to be Israel they're going to be branching out to others and then you build you rebuilding 
basically Shamaim on Earth with the the vast number that we're gonna know, the innumerable amount that you can't even count. That's how that's gonna come about. But it's a big misconception with oh, when we get when we get all the when our hearts get changed and the Torah get put in our heart, like you read in Jeremiah thirty one or Hebrews eight, then all of a sudden everybody else is just gonna immediately right then and there obliged to just everything that's got going on. I don't think it's gonna work like that. No, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I don't think it's going to happen like that. Um, my understanding is that um, the ones who are left over, because I believe it's Zachariah that said the survivors um, of the nations, um, they're going to be a couple of different people. So there's going to be some people who, um, and there's some of this is because I'm kind of digging in some extra books, but there's going to be some people who, let's say, never heard of you, they lived and died and never heard of them. never heard Torah, never heard anything. The little bit they knew they did the best they could with it. They they might not necessarily go into the lake of fire. Now, am I saying that's true? I don't know. But some of the extra books I've, I've read have led me to believe that. The vast majority, however, um, I don't I don't think they're going to be people who was just beating us and wicked. Those people are the ones who are they're going to get slayed when he comes back. That that's you know the ones who are going to be the survivors. They're not going to be the ones who were doing wickedness. They're going to be the ones who were either trying to live the best life they could and just didn't have all the information, whatever the case may be. One of the other reasons why I'm saying that is because we're we're supposed to be priests to these people, which means we're going to be doing some level some level of teaching them. Um, you can't teach people who already know. You see what I'm saying? Um. So again, some again, some of that is my opinion. Um, as as far as how we should relate to the foreigner, not the foreigner, the non-practitioner, whether Israelite or non-Israelite, I agree with Nassar, um, that the focus should be on the house, but then any Gentile that comes along the way and is willing to practice, they can come on in. Have y'all ever had, uh, I definitely agree. Have y'all ever had instances at work where you may be snacking on something or eating a little something and let's say somebody at work you cool with, what are they, black or white, you offer them something? Like, hey, you want like some of these chips or you want a little bit of this? I know of people who do that. Well, that's the same perspective uh, I take with scripture. They're right there. They're right beside me. If I see you hungry, I'm not I'm not looking at your outward appearance. I'm looking at your deeper need. Like they need some nourishment. They need some food. So I'm going to offer a little bit of that. So that's not restricted by whether you're my blood kin or not. That's that's how I also understand uh, the scripture as well. If you're hungry and I got something to eat, I'm going to give you some, especially if you're in proximity to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, which and then so it was I can't remember what chapter it was but uh, what was the parable of the good Samaritan when the the uh, the law was it the, was he a lawyer or was he a I can't remember but he 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 asked the initial question it was like who well who was my neighbor 
And then he gave him the parable. And then Yahusha basically made him answer his own question. Was like, now, out of that situation, which one would be the neighbor? And he had the, uh, the one that had mercy. So, boom, simple as that. You know what I'm saying? When we, um, like you just said, if I see somebody in need, you know what I mean? I see somebody, like, lost. It, a lot of times you could just be sitting back and listening. I like, I like that you use the example of work because that happens pretty, pretty often to where I may be not trying to be too loud because, you know, I already know we can't be talking about certain things at, in the workplace anyway. But if I'm being subtle and, and talking to somebody that I'm cool with about this, this walk or this faith, and then I see somebody come around the corner and they just standing there kind of like listening now. And I, I look up, see him and look, and I'm like, you, you, uh, I say, I'd be like, you, you need something? You're like, you good? He'd be like, no, nah, I'm just, I was just hearing what you're saying. I'm over here. I'm trying to listen. And then, you know what I'm saying? Boom. There you go. Now the branch, the olive branch been extended. Now, you know what I'm saying? I got to feed them as well. Cause they're, they, they was like, all right, he, he over there got some food. So let me go see if he trying to offer something up. Now, boom, that same situation happened. If I was, imagine how that person would be if I was just like, nah, this ain't for you. You know what I mean? Like that, mm, that'll be, you know what I mean? I'm, that's be something that I have to deal with in a lot of days. But of course, we don't, we don't get down like that. But it goes back to what Caleb said. We're going to be priests. We're supposed to be a nation of priests. What did the priests do for Israel? So if the high priest did what he did for the nation, and we're supposed to be priests to the other nations, aren't we going to have to uh, atone for them? You know what I'm saying? Are we going to have to do sacrifice to atone for their sins as well? You know what I'm saying? We got to like look at it in that sense. But I don't. I really don't think that a lot of people view being a, a nation of priests in that sense. I think a lot of people just feel like, oh, yeah, we're going to be, we're going to have the law. We got, we got the law. We That's our inheritance. I think it's more looked upon like that rather than, well, I'm not going to say with, in whose eyes. But y'all know what I'm talking about. But instead of it being, all right, yeah, what the high priest was to us, we're about to beat that to them. I don't think that's the, 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 the census for the majority in the common Israelite, Hebrew Israelite walk, I should say. Well, th that also brings you to another thing I think we all need to agree on, which is something that I would honestly say most Israelites do not believe at all, uh, which is that we have to recognize that the reason why we're in this situation is because of what we did and because you who have put us here, not because the white man is so powerful or the Asian is so powerful or whatever. Um, they really are being our tools being used to correct us. And we shouldn't we I, I feel like sometimes and again, my opinion, but I feel like sometimes a lot of Israelites give way, way, way too much power to the white man. Right. So just like how in Christianity, everything was the devil. Uh, I feel like a lot of Israelites have taken the devil out and replaced him with the white man. And the white man is just the devil for, the, for a lot of Israelites. Um, the, the, the danger in that is just like in Christianity with a lot of Christians, they blame the devil on things that's their fault. Um, we have a tendency to blame the white man for things that we actually played a major role in, right? So a lot of us when when we let's say look at um, abortion statistics, white people are not forcing a lot of these black women to go to these abortions, but they're choosing to do so. Right? That's that's not something we can say the white man did. The white man put him in our in our communities and put the office in our communities, 
but we're the ones who go there. So the danger in that, there's a danger there um, that I think we all need to kind of agree on that they, they're being used, but they are not the ultimate pan evil that some people act like they are. What's, what's that scripture where uh, Yahuwah said, I'm going to use them as your whipping rod? Like, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do. But it did say, I'm going to judge them in the end, too, for doing yeah. that. But yeah, but at the end of the day, even though they've, and they've done some stuff to us. I'm not saying that, that they're innocent. They've done some stuff to us. But they are the chastening rod, right? They're, they are not just so powerful and that's why they did this we messed up first and Yahuwah allowed them to, to, to conquer us now when they did so they went above and beyond the level of chastening that he wanted hence the reason why they were judged right like but I, I, I was just a little but they furthered the affliction right but we again, we have to understand at the end of the day, even though they furthered the affliction, we ended up in this position because of us, not because they were just so powerful. And the way it's told today, a lot of Israelites blame the white man for stuff that I'm like, but actually, that's kind of us. Yeah, I think the danger of that, of that way of thinking, fading out again. We're not, we're not. Your volume's going up and down again. It's almost like you're going like in and out of your your microphone, like you're getting closer or further away from it. I got my headphone. I got my AirPods in. I'm about to take them out. There it is. Uh-oh. All right, can you hear me? Oh yeah. 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 Loud, loud and clear. You loud and clear, bro. Lima Charlie. <laughs> Uh, I was gonna say the danger of that thinking, that way of thinking, would be like we we're not in the predicament of about to be getting attacked by Babylon or about to get taken over by per by Persian Medes. You know, what I'm saying they coming in in waves and just sweeping us. We're not being surrounded by the Romans right now. So, but I think people, since we know that we are the people, they like to you know, what I'm saying put themselves in that position as if. They are in it now, so we. They, it's it's easy for them to look at a person that they may see on a regular day basis as okay. That's my you, the person that did that to me in a sense. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I like you know, like you were saying, uh, it was a reason for that then. But we can't get so caught up in the scripture of we can't get so caught up in those. And those Jeremiah prophecies, those Isaiah prophecies of coming destruction and try to place that to what we living in at this exact moment right now. Cause we don't know who, well, it's a plethora of people of stuff that's about to go down. I'm not even about to get into that. Cause we had a conversation at work about near war coming in possibly 2026, but, um, we, we ha- we're not, we're not sitting around and hearing prophets on the street saying, literally getting oracles from the father saying, hey, get right because China finna come in and, you know what I'm saying, da 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 Like, no, that's not the case with us. So we can't, you know what I'm saying, we can't really just walk around, see somebody and just be like, oh, you know what I mean? We got to, we kind of got to like, you know, try to 
teach your fellow man. All we like, got is war and rumors of war. Rumors of war. But and earthquakes and all this stuff that Mashiach said was already going to be here, but it's all the, concerning the birth pains. And the only thing that we're supposed to be doing now, in a sense, is preparing. And that's come with the studying that we're doing, that come with the prayer, that come with the teaching, and, you know what I'm saying, trying to get it right. That's the that's what we're supposed to be doing, not so much so as passing, like, you know what I'm saying, we're not the prophets. We, the Father didn't say, hey, not sorry, go out there and put a mark on the foreheads of everybody <laughs> that's doing, <laughs> that's Go out there forward. on the streets. And I will be like, no, he's not telling you to do that. That That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point because uh, we talked about a couple of problems and challenges or setbacks, things have overcome. What do y'all say? How do we, how do we, us, uh, like, let's say just us four right here, how do we fix this? How can we be a, bring about the change or try to approve the situation? For the nation trying to bring us together in more agreement and more uh, oneness how do y'all suggest or think we should do that i think uh well i told myself my first goal is to become uh more educated more educated keep growing education and understanding and making it uh practically in my life so doing it and then uh making sure that what well, measure myself up according to the fathers who came before me uh, by their righteousness and how they were able to have good encounters with people. So that's how I understood. Um, well, that's my opinion of how we can uh, imp- improve it or try to fix it. So, okay. My, go ahead. Go ahead, Caleb. Yeah. I think education is important, but the only issue is like, like we were saying earlier, we can, read the same thing and interpret it totally different reading the exact same thing so um one of the first things i think has to happen is that leaderships all across the israelite community i'm talking about in the camps not in the camps individual communities uh people that are just have a following you they're not necessarily more raised or teacher the preachers would all have to first take an attitude of humility and not one of pride, right? We would have to accept the fact that it's possible that, hey, I may be incorrect about something. That doesn't mean that somebody comes up to me and I just believe it automatically, right? There has to be some sort of vetting process. But once I'm, I'm utilizing this vetting process, once I realize that I'm wrong, I need to make the correction, right? I need to be willing to work together with other groups to say, hey, this is what we're going to do, as opposed to um, saying, well, I'm going to do this over here, and this is what we believe, and you believe that over there, and you believe that over there, right? Because at that point, we're kind of mimicking Christianity a little bit, where you got every every church, every hood got like 12 churches on the same block, and they don't hang out with each other, right? We're kind of going down that path a little bit. Um, like like you were saying earlier, I don't think every all of us are going to agree 100% on everything, but I, I do feel like it's just way too much disunity, um, especially for people who are new coming into the wall. Um, uh, for me, I agree with what you said as far as um, 
get studying to show yourself approved. You know what I'm saying? You got to get yourself right first. And in doing that, you becoming a better example. So everybody going to see what you're doing anyway. After that, you just, I feel like, you know what I'm saying, focus on those around you. We keep sharpening each other up. And when we were going out and walking around, you know what I mean, folks see that for themselves. I don't think it's going to be a, a regardless. Like how we I, about to do I, next week walking out? You said again? I said, like, how we about to walk out next week? Right. Like, they're going <laughs> to see us as a group together. Well, they with see our cleats, our fringes, and our dress, and the way we handle ourselves as a group, and they're gonna be like, "Hmm, what's up with those guys?" That in itself is gonna be doing work. You know what I'm saying? It ain't gonna take. Uh, we don't. Have, we're not gonna have to go out there, <laughs> get on the stand, so shut somebody's station down, stand on top of their stand, and be like, "Hey, everybody," <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I feel like just doing that and being the example is gonna draw somebody. Maybe ask some questions. Hopefully, you know what I'm saying. Y'all willing they come and maybe question us about what you know what I'm saying? What do y'all believe in? What you, what, what y'all were there for? Something like that. And then, okay, yeah, but when you go into your uh your private, like say Nassar, you go to your friend house, your hook said you go to a family member house, and those conversations just come up. I feel like that's how we start to get it right. I don't think it's gonna be I, I do eventually think it's gonna get to the point because just of what uh Caleb Dream was a while back, I still be thinking about that every now and then. But I, I don't think the uh major everybody finna see it and change scale or like see what we doing and consider. I don't see that happening for and actually no time soon, honestly. I think we're gonna be getting we really getting tidbits. People seeing it and and, and like I know, I mean, I've shared the podcast. And people will say, hey, man, I listened to that. I, that's what's up. Out of, if, if, say I, I share the podcast and my story get 150 views. Maybe one person respond to, and say that they they watched it. That's a that's progress. You know what I'm saying? I look at it like that. I don't think it's going to be a, a grand scheme of things. So that's how I feel we should move. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Uh, I, I definitely think that as we continue to learn and, and grow, I was mostly talking about the uh, the community at large. Uh, if we're talking about us as individuals, absolutely, we should continue to, to study and grow. Um, and we do need to continue to be in communication with each other and sharpen each other. Um, again, my the only reason why I'm really kind of emphasizing like the unity aspect, I think I, I've told y'all the story before. Um, when I was at the beginning of my job, um, which I'm not going to name because I don't want anybody to <laughs> get sued or anything. But um, it was me, I'm an Israelite, very openly at my job. There was another girl who was an Israelite. She was not as open. Then there was a person from IUIC and a person from GOCC. All four of us were trying to get off for Pesach, for Passover. But we had four different calendars. Unfortunately for the woman who was by herself who um who was not an open israelite me and her at the time didn't have an assembly to go to so what ended up happening was uh the guy from iuic and the girl from gocc they had documentation from their from you know the organization saying hey i need this time off me and her didn't have that but i being an open israelite they knew okay caleb is open he's about this he we believe he's not lying so for them, they didn't necessarily need any documentation. 
But for her, they never heard it. So what they did was, and I didn't know this at the time, with indirectly, they put me and her against each other. They came to me and asked me what basically, you know, hey, you're getting off at this time? I said, yeah. I gave them the date. And they used my saying that date is that, that, that time to deny her PTO. Right? Now, yes, we know that in this law, she, in this land, she could have gone through and done some lawsuits and things like that. I don't know if she ever did follow through with that. Again, that's the reason why I'm not really naming names outside of GOCC and IUIC. Um, but that kind of had me thinking, how do people in the world view us with this much disorganization? And then once again, when I made the, uh, the father told me to make that Israelite Facebook, when I made it, it was around the time of the new year. Everybody's commenting, yeah, you know, January is not the new year, but then they come in, if somebody were to follow, listen to that and then ask them, ask Israelites, when is the new year? They're getting so many different answers. So how does that look? I'm not saying this really to talk about the calendar, but I'm just talking about the disunity in things that really are kind of foundational, things that need to be agreed upon. Um, other things, you know, there's some things I don't think are that big of a deal. We can disagree and it's cool. Um, but, you know, some things are just they're a little major. Um, yeah, that's all I yeah. have right now. Yeah, so um, most of what y'all said, I definitely agree. Uh, application process, unity. One big thing that I will say is uh, understanding shows letters. Um, mm-hmm. uh, from a from, from a Hebrew and a uh, from the Hebrew and Christian um perspective. Uh. Because I had a conversation with uh with a Hebrew, and they asked me, "Do when we speak and do we cover our heads?" And I, I had a hair wrap on. I said, "You mean like what I have on right now?" And he said, "Yeah." And I said, "Yep." I said, "We can." We said, "We'll uh we'll speak and we'll read with this on." Um, how we understand that verse is where it says "cover up," it is also used as veil. Um, and it, uh, that that Greek word is a uh, veil, but it is used as uh, a head cover because that's what a veil does. It covers up your your head, your face, everything. So I uh, explained to him that uh, in terms of Shaul's uh, writings, I said these are letters. So uh, we have to understand who he was speaking to, the reason why he was speaking to them. So we have to understand what was going on at that time because it was something that was that it was something that was reported to him or something that he observed and that he said to them and this is the reason why he is speaking to them concerning these things or concerning these letters. So um because I believe like a lot of from from both perspectives um there isn't an understanding that these are letters. Um, sometimes they do take them as law, uh, and Shaul will even tell you, um, this is something that is not of the master. This is something of, you know, my own opinion. Uh, he will actually say that. One other thing is that we also would have to understand concerning Shaul's letters is that he talks about, um, three laws. He talks about the law of the, uh, Yahudim or, uh, Judaism, uh, speaking in Galatians 6. He talks about the law of sin and death, 
and he speaks of the uh, law of Yahuwah, or also called the Torah of uh, Moshe. So, um, and knowing that he's talking of these three specific things in terms of where it says law, we would definitely have to look to see the context and the contents of what he's actually saying and where it actually lines up. So we can say, because he actually even says himself that, uh, for one, that there's two laws warring within me. So he's already telling you that there's two laws. Um, one of the law of my members and the one of the law of my mind. Um, wait, was it the law of my members? I think it's the law of my flesh and the law of my members. Something like that. But he talks about there's two laws that war against each other. It's how he wants to do good, um, but he doesn't. Um, because he's talking of the Torah of Yahuwah is upon his heart and he desires to do it. Sometimes the Torah of, of his flesh, you know, it, it rules against it. Um, so that is one thing in terms of uh, unifying people, um, having a better understanding in terms of education wise, is really looking at uh, the lexicon you know, the, the Hebraic words for what they actually say. And and for real, for real, taking things as a child. Uh, we really have to really take things as a child and just like, hey, if, if this is what it says, this is what it says. I don't, I don't think we should combat the scripture itself. And like, oh, well, no, that's not that's not what it means. Like, oh, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. What does it say? What is the lexicon interpretation uh, concerning it? What does this word actually mean? And then we, once we understand what that word means, let's plug in the meaning of that word into what the, the, what the phrase is actually saying, what the script is actually saying. And then we go on from there. So there's a lot of huge elementary levels that we skip um, uh, that we definitely shouldn't i understand you know we want to get to a, a the higher level the the side but we 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 forget the the black and white text concerning what it says so that's one thing yeah um i was gonna say something but i forgot yeah i, I definitely agree with you on that um I, I will say this much. I remember what I was going to say now. When you start talking about, you know, the lexicons and the Hebrew word, um, that can get a little tricky. That can get a little tricky. Um, because sometimes you do have lexicons that actually will go in a little deeper than other lexicons. You have some dictionaries that might give some, some slight different nuances than another one will. And then in some cases, you also have to take into consideration when was that book written, right? Um, there are words that are in Torah that also appear in, like, let's say Ezra, but the definition might have changed slightly. So that, that can get a little tricky. Um, I, I would say I'm not going to say that that is 100% a Salvitic issue unless it's an it's a issue where the English does not get, go deep enough into the Hebrew. Um, now let's ask this question what are some things that um, you all think that we are, are able to go ahead and just disagree on and it's not that big of a deal 
you said like it's not that big of a deal. Not that big of a deal. So, so in other words, if 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 an assembly chooses to not agree with this, it will be fine. Yeah, that's a good question. That's kind of hard. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I, I put some time thinking about that, but I don't like because I don't like lying at all. Because the problem with lying and misteaching is that it causes you to misdiagnose stuff. So, so as I said before, when you don't understand, you're gonna say people are sinning when they're not, and you're gonna say people are righteous when they're not. So, I gotta think about that. Foundational, that that would be something foundational. So let me get so like for me, right? Um, like we were talking about Paul. When it comes down to the actual canon of scripture, as that's the popular term canon, uh, which basically is just Greek for standard. Um, I believe that we definitely need to accept Torah. We definitely need to accept Tanakh, right? And we definitely definitely need to accept the messianic writings. Outside of that, I'm not saying don't read them. Obviously, I read them. But if somebody says, "Oh, you know, I don't really consider this book scripture," maybe that maybe that's not necessarily a big deal for me, right? Ooh, I got to answer. I got to answer. Yeah. Oh, what was your answer? Oh, um, the apocryphal books. Yeah, the apocryphal. Yeah. Yeah, um, I actually had a had a conversation, and that actually kind of came to mind like a couple of times. Uh, that if someone just says, "You know what? I'm just gonna stick with the 66," I have no disagreement to that whatsoever. Um, I mean, if you don't feel comfortable going into Maccabees and you know, Tobit, uh, third and fourth, second Ezra, and all of those, I don't think that's a problem. I think that Yahuwah can definitely, I mean, duh, like can definitely reach you concerning, you know, instruction of his word based upon what the 66 is. I mean, it's a, it's a reason. It's a reason that it, it was given. Like, even though the, the quote-unquote Roman Catholic Church were the ones that, you know, the canonical in terms of terminology, yet and still, we know that, yeah, they were just an instrument for Yahuwah. Um, so, his word is going to go forth regardless. So, um, even the evil is even evil is used as a tool for his esteem. So, like, if someone just want to stick to that and like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm prescribing. I'm like, all right, hey, it's totally fine because once again, you have you have the Tanakh and you have the witness of Yahushua Hamashiach. So that's really all you need. Yeah, and to add to that, to add to that, again, this is just me. Um, I also have met some people that do not accept Esther and do not accept Song of Solomon in scripture either. Um, in regards to that, I would actually be okay with that. Um, I don't think that's as big of a deal because Esther is mostly historic writing. Um, it's not found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, so I can understand why somebody may question that one. And then the Song of Solomon is a beautiful book, but uh, yeah, it's it's I, I I can't find anything in it that is Salvitic. Um, beautiful book. I just don't see anything in it that's Salvitic. So for people who take that opinion, um, it's not necessarily one that I share. But 
I, I can understand where you come from with those two books. I would say that's the, probably not as big of a deal. Um, now, if you would come around and say, hey, Proverbs and Psalms, okay, I got to leave you alone on that one. Um, Esther and, and Song of Solomon, okay, maybe. Um, I feel like I wouldn't say that it don't matter, but I feel like we should, we could be lenient on it. Um, is the yeah. names, uh, names of the Messiah and of the Father. Now there has to be some type of, you know, what I'm saying it gotta have Yah in it. You gotta have if you speak it on the Father, you need to be saying Yah. Yah need to be in the name, but it doesn't have to be Yahuwah like we say. I feel like that's preference. I feel like that's the right one, but I feel like that's preference. Um, also with Yahusha, you know, some people say Yeshua, you know, say some, some say Yahushua, you know, some say Yahawasha, you know what I mean? Um, I feel like as long as you kind of in the realm, you know what I'm saying, you're in the ball field, then that should be fine. I don't feel like, you know, we should basically condemn anybody like oh you you're not studying you ain't right because you say it like this like nah i that's one that's one thing i that came to mind when you asked the question yeah i agree with that that a back and forth about the name isn't as important i think it's important uh but i don't even though something isn't a salvation issue sometimes, I still think it's important. I think about uh, brushing your teeth. So there's, there's brushing your teeth, there's flossing, there's, uh, there's mouthwash. Do you have to do all three? No. The most important one is plainly brushing your teeth. But your teeth will look much better if you floss and if you use mouthwash, even if you do it twice a day after you eat or before you go to sleep at night. So in regards to the canon, I have to disagree there because uh, I think I think the canon, when I mean canon, like what you accept as authoritative, I think it's uh, all important, but at varying, at varying levels. I think some writings, uh, if you don't read them, you'll be okay. But if you read them, it's gonna, it's gonna make your understanding um much richer and for those who want to stick with the 66 it's not that i think that's okay i just accept hey that's what they want to do maybe in time they'll open up and they'll start to read other things but i think uh sticking to the 66 can be problematic because you're accepting someone else's word or uh tradition or counsel that this is all you need when the ones who made that aren't the ones you want to be listening to. So what I go to uh, as far as uh, what's good for teaching and, and proper for, for instruction is everything I can get. Uh, from the Second Temple writings on for, I take in as much as I can. Uh, some of it I read, I'm about to say, yeah, I could have did without this and been okay, but still after reading it, it still made me better. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like that. I actually do like that because of one one thing just kind of came to mind um, was about Sirach and uh, how Sirach has a a lot of wisdom in, 
Um, so, okay. So I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I would track my statement. I would just, uh, agree in terms of what you said is that, um, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's good. Um, for the, for the simple fact that once again, it is foundational. Uh, and actually, and even like it will heighten, you know, to read other books that agree with scripture will definitely enlarge your understanding. Because even when it talks about in Hanuk, how Mashiach's name was hidden, how he was concealed. Uh, so it gives, it gives a certain answer, well, how, well, how come this messenger that was, that was over here, how come when they asked him his name, he didn't get it? Well, he not told you why. Um, so it, it gives that, it gives that answer. And then also concerning, uh, concerning the father's name and the Mashiach's name, I believe that there is, in terms of what Yeremi Yahu say, like if using Yah, um, I agree with that to a certain extent. For one, because Psalms does say Yah. Uh, I would um I would go even further to say using uh Yahoo. Um, basically because a lot of the names of the uh of the of people in scripture. You know, they had uh, Yahoo in their name. Um, and then even when it talks about the father's name, you know, it says uh, the name of Yahuwah is a strong tower and the righteous run to it. In terms of the uh, the commandments written on the stone, you know, if you take his name in vain, he, he will not hold you guiltless or take his name in vain. So it is important to know who, who, who he is. Uh, and then in terms of the Mashiach's name, there's only one name that's been given to man under under heaven and on earth in, in which we shall be saved. And um, everyone, everyone that calls the name of Yahuwah shall be saved. So um, I would say, like, if someone, because I've, I've had conversations with, uh, with, uh, with Christians, and, you know, because sometimes, and I, I guess this even kind of lands back to what you uh, said, Natsar, because it's just like, well, they feel comfortable in using Lord or, or God or saying, you know, that's, uh, that may not be important uh, in terms of the name, uh, but more so of the message that is given. And then my thing is just like, well, in order to understand the message, you have to know who's the one who's giving it. So, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with Netsar. Um, I don't necessarily see a contradiction between what he said when I said. Um, so I'm not going to necessarily say I retract my statement. Um, reason why I say that is because it, it's almost like a, a level, right? The 66 will give you what you need to have a good foundation and good understanding. And it can be the standard that you use to test other books to see how how those books hold up um now for some people they're good with the standard um i think the only issue will really become is if you start condemning people for reading other books that's where there would be an issue but if you if you say hey you know the other books i know they exist but i don't consider them authoritative um 
that person would have to admit that they are, there's some information that they probably are lacking. Um, but if they're able to do that and they're able to accept that, um, then I wouldn't say that, okay, you must read these other books as long as they're not condemning other people. Part of the reason why I also hold that opinion is because when you go back to the time of the Messiah, there was no such thing as a canon. They all agreed on Torah. They agreed on prophets. They agreed on the writings. Every other book was up, was kind of up in the air. And even some of the books in the Old Testament that we have now, in the Tanakh that we have now, were up in the air as well. So coming from that understanding, it's like, okay, well, they they were not as strict on this as we are. A lot of that came out, like Nassar said, you know, it came out later on because of traditions and certain people said, these are the ones that we're going to use and these ones we're not going to use. But during the time of the of the Second Temple, you know, it's a lot people were a lot more open to hearing and reading other books and getting other information. Um, and they were not necessarily gung-ho on this is acceptable, this is not. But you do see some people are like, yeah, I don't really mess with that book too much. Um, while other other Yahudim were like, yeah, I mess with that book heavy. So that's why I hold that opinion. But I, I do agree with Netzar that, you know, reading some of these other books, there is information in those other books that would definitely strengthen your, your knowledge base. Um, it, it, it goes past foundation. Now you're starting to put up some walls. You sort of put roof and things like that. You're really starting to get stronger. You know, like like it was said, Sirach has some good stuff in there. Uh, Wisdom of, of Solomon has some good stuff in there. You know, Maccabees, first and second Maccabees, that's some very important history. But it's not necessarily going to make or break you. Yeah, I would agree that I don't think it's going to make or break you. But I think even non-salvation things matter because before we talked about one level, one thing of like understanding the purpose of a man and woman. So if you just read Genesis, the creation account of man, we know that uh, uh, Adam was made first, but we don't know how long he was before his woman, uh, 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 came. And, uh, but one thing to keep in mind, it says, Genesis says that uh, Adam was put in the garden. He was placed in the garden to work. But if you look at uh, Yovelin, it says he was there five years working mm-hmm. before I was there. Now, that's important because it's going to help you understand the purpose of a man. And it, it tells you his first priority is to the father and his obedience and being righteous. So that's an example of extra information that's going to enrich you more because this tells us man's first priority is not women. So you shouldn't be chasing women. You should be uh, striving in obedience with the father. And then even, I think this is coming from the, uh, the Mishnah, it talks about one, it says one objective of, the, of a father, like an earthly father. It says he is to teach his son a skill teach him to go and get a woman and to teach him how to swim. I don't know why I says know how to swim, but it, but it gives me a picture mm-hmm. of what mm-hmm. is a father supposed to do. Hey, yo. He's supposed, hey, he's, he's, hey, he's supposed to raise his son you. to be a man, raise, raise to teach him to know how to work and, and how to go get a woman. So these are just two examples of why I think 
it all, I think it all matters, even if it's not a salvation issue. Hey, yo, <laughs> the crazy thing you just said about that, right? My dad told me, he said, one thing that I was going to teach you, I was going to teach you how to swim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty interesting that you, that, uh, that it says that, because my dad was just like, look, if there's one thing I'm going to teach you, I'm going to teach you how to swim. Yeah, man. Man, now I got to go throw my son in the pool, man. Yeah, man. Hey, that's what <laughs> my dad, that's, hey, look, that's what my dad did with me. What happened was, he took me, threw me in the deep end. Threw me in the deep end. You know, tried to try to keep my head above water. Of course I didn't do that. Um, so I started going down. And then he, then he jumped in there and brought me up. Because I guess, like, he wanted to... I don't know. I guess get that, get that, like having experienced that fear, but like kind of like getting out of it as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Either way, it worked. So, I mean, I still think that that to to drown would kind of suck for death, though. That would that would really suck. But in terms of like that fear aspect of it, it did uh, that did work. Like I have no problem like. Going out in the in the deepest part of the ocean and swimming. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait! You said the deepest part of the ocean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if we went, like let's just say we went. Uh, let's just say, okay, in in a in a perfect world, we went, you know, deep, uh, deep sea fishing, right? Going trying to get like some tuna or some mahi mahi. I would have no problem jumping in the ocean. Uh, you gonna catch this tuna with your fins? You with your hands? Nah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying right, that right. I would. I would have no problem jumping, like jumping out. He would survive. If, if, it, it, if there was a way for me to come back on the boat, I would jump. I would jump. I would jump out there. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I, I can. I can swim. I can get back. Now, okay. in terms of sharks and whatever else is in there, different story. That's why it's in the perfect world. <laughs> Cause I don't want nothing else around me grabbing my ankles. Oh, <laughs> well, you know. Hopefully, it's just it's just shampoo or something. You'll be all right. Um, yeah. Nah, killer whales are crazy too. They worse than sharks. How are we get on this subject? All right. <laughs> oh, we were talking about like relevance of different writings like yeah. things that may or may not be a salvation issue and you know what things we think but like don't think matter it, if we don't disagree on the main agreement on that was that you know you shouldn't be if somebody's searching outside of what you see in the 1611 you know what i'm saying and in the 66 it should not be a you shouldn't be talking down or, or discouraging somebody for doing so. That's I think that's the number one agreement. I I, I do also agree with you. You could be just fine with the sixty six. I know my appetite made me search out and, and, and look at other things as well. You know what I mean? But I I hundred percent feel like you know what I'm saying you could be you'll be perfectly fine with just the sixty six and. And, and make it through, but I feel like you know, what I'm saying if you're really doing your diligence, you'll search out. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, talk down on nobody that doesn't or that does. That's how that's how I feel about it. 
Now, since we're on this topic, let's just go ahead and ask this one. Since we're talking about uh, things that, um, you know, wouldn't be as big of a deal. I know we talked about Paul earlier. So what about people who reject Paul's writings? I think they're missing out on a lot. Uh, You want my true opinion? Oh, shoot. (laughs) but, But would you say that that's something that we all need to agree on, that Paul is good? Or that that's something we can be kind of, uh, I don't want to say lackadaisical, but we can be a little bit more lenient on how people view Paul's writings, whether it be view it as scripture, view it as writings, but not really scripture or uh, disregard them entirely. So one thing that I would say, the reason why I said understanding Paul's writings, because because they, once again, we talked about this in the, uh, uh, I think uh, Yermiyahu said it. There's a disclaimer. <laughs> like, like, there's a disclaimer for Shaul's writings. Like, it's like, yo, yeah. <laughs> like, look, this, this isn't straightforward. This isn't straightforward. Like, so because people disregard the disclaimer, they'll say, oh, Shaul's a false teacher. No, you just don't understand. That's, that's, that's the problem. You just don't understand his writings. There's a disclaimer concerning it, which is, once again, if we understand where and what he's talking about, and where he's coming from, there'll be a whole lot of insight concerning a lot of things. Because in terms, because for real, for real, in terms of whether to keep Torah or not to keep Torah, it all stems from Shaul's writings. It all stems from Shaul's writings. Because Mashiach never said, but not keeping Torah. He said, do it. But people go to Shaul's writings and say, well, well, well Saul said, no, you don't understand what he said. So, yeah. uh, my opinion is for someone, I think I think we can be a little lenient if someone doesn't accept it or they don't want to bother his writings. Uh, but my opinion is, I'm uh, I'm tolerating you, and I I think you're a fool. I think you're a fool uh, if you reject it, but but I can bear with you. I, I I agree with you on that, and I also I say that a lot of people should stay should steer clear from it until they at a certain level of understanding. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if you if you ain't even read Torah, which many haven't, and you and you going straight to Paul's writings. You're gonna be highly misguided. So uh, you go back to the foundational things until that's correct. You don't need to be dealing unless you really done did your time in tour, you know what I'm saying? You done read all of that. You don't need to be reading nothing else, honestly. But definitely not Paul's writings. That's that's a I think that was I could so it'll go back to all the other writings, like I was saying. If those made it. And we just talk about 66, and even then we talk, we can talk about the apocrypha. Imagine what we still haven't even seen yet that they got access to, you know what I'm saying? It was more prophets than what was than what we saw in Tanakh. You know what I mean? Like I'm pretty sure they got writers too. We we can only imagine how much is accessible. Well, it is was found, but has not been made accessible to the to everybody as a whole. So if you if you ain't had your milk, you know what I'm saying, you ain't you still on the breast, you don't need to be out here trying to chew steak. 
And I feel like Paul's right is at stake. For real, for real. Now, that's, 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 that's there. Yeah, that, that's that's prime. That's prime ribeye steak with the bone. <laughs> yeah, because he really opened up. He really opens up some deeper things, and it's really yeah. interesting. How are you gonna have a warped opinion about a Torah man, and you ain't a Torah man yourself? Right. You don't understand that. You don't understand that he was a Torah man. You don't understand the teaching and the tradition he came up under. You don't. You don't. You don't, like you have an opinion about a man you don't know nothing about. And to add Pharisee to that, of Pharisees. Yeah, to add to that, I just want to throw out there that Paul also was reading some extra books. So Paul sometimes is getting information from things that if you're just sticking with the 66, you might not necessarily be privy to. So um, even though I know I said earlier that it's not necessarily it's something we can be a little bit more lenient towards or somebody doesn't accept other books. Again, you do have to realize that he did. And some of the information he's bringing out is coming from other sources as well as you know things that were being taught he was a very educated man so he he knew some stuff that we just might not necessarily be as privy to that's why he was able to put things together the way he was and why his writings can be very difficult to read if you don't have a, a good foundation And what's funny about the question about Paul's writing is that when we have these, when we have these uh, talks about the New Testament, like you said, everybody run to Paul, like Yahoo said, said everybody run to Paul to not do Torah, but they don't go to James. I mean, James was the top, mm -hmm. was number one. You know what I'm saying? And his, and his going. If you really want to do the end all, be all, in James. He's James. That's who you want to read, but nobody reads James. Well, people read it, but they don't reference it like they do Paul. Yeah, James was a leader in the synagogue. Like, like at least well, listen to him. James. They do use James. They use James to say that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Uh, <laughs> which yeah, that's that's it. yeah, yeah. They got you the whole book though. Yeah, that's not exactly what he said, and that's not uh what he was talking about. And he wasn't talking about law of attraction, but the rest of it they do kind of uh or sometimes you hear them when they talk about faith without works. Um but even then they're normally talking mm -hmm. about yeah, they're normally talking about uh something worldly. They're not really talking about keeping Torah. So um I think the entirety of the New Testament in and of the whole, you need to have a good understanding of Tanakh first. Um, even if it is just the basic Old Testament that we have and not necessarily expanding it into Enoch and Jubilees, I think that is good to do. But if either you don't have access to it, you didn't know about it at the time, whatever the case may be, you know, you're too new or whatever the case may be to say I accept them or reject them, whatever it is, I think you need to have a good understanding of Tanakh before you even try to crack open the uh, the brief kind of shot. Because number one, Yahusha references Torah a lot. Um, and a lot of people think he was just coming up with stuff off the top of his head, but no, he was actually quoting Torah. Um, the book of revelations is rep a lot of the stuff in the book of revelations is basically copy and pasted from the prophets. Um, so I think in general, a good understanding of Tanakh is necessary before you even crack open the brief. I got to try in general to study it.
Well, all right. So I think we covered a lot. You know what I'm saying? We talked about what needs to be unified on, uh, what can be, what we can be leaning on, was technically, I mean, was may not be required. Um, I think it was a good discussion for real, for real. That was, we definitely need to do stuff like this more often. I, I enjoyed this. Yeah, this is cool. All right, who can say it? Go ahead and end it. Oh, a mammoth uh, statement? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. oh this is for everyone uh, who is listening. Uh, on behalf of everyone here, uh, I apologize. It's been rough. You know, we're dealing with different schedule changes, so it's been a challenge trying to make ed, uh, episodes. So we're doing everything we can, but we're going to keep the episodes coming. Uh, and we just appreciate everyone's continued listening and support posts and afar. So we just ask that you continue to work with us as we continue to get better. Hold our remind to all those that are listening. Who will block you and guard you? Yahoo will make his face shine upon you and show favor to you. Who will lift up his face towards you and give you shalom? Thus so you shall put my name on the children of Yashal, and my shall provide them. So be it, Sham Yahusha. So, we thank y'all staying around, sticking around, holding it down, enduring with us. Like I keep said, we're going to keep it coming. So, Shalom, Bailato, good night. Good evening, good morning, whatever your day is. And and to those of my other brothers, we say shalom and we say shalom.